Hi, welcome to the Business Vitality Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Canty. You can learn more about me and my team at KatherineCanty.com. For more than two decades, I have been able to travel the country and help other people grow their business. From those experiences, I was able to work with a proposal team that generated success 90% of the time for over a decade. We have created a leadership coaching program that is creating 100% measured results as seen by the leaders, peers, and stakeholders. And finally, I have spent nearly a decade in boardrooms, corporate boardrooms, where we are learning what's working and what's not. And more importantly, we're able to take the communication from the boardroom and get it down to the front line so execution is easier to implement. You know, from all these experiences, we created a framework called Business Vitality. These are all of the best practices of leaders and and opportunities that have been coming up decade after decade. And a lot of this stuff has been in practice for more than 20 years, 30 years and beyond. And what we're learning is a lot of these folks that are remaining vital in business today are having to think differently. And to share a quote from one of my CEOs that I've worked with in the past, he told me all day long he can hire folks, but what he needs more of are people who think outside the box. So in an effort to pay it forward and celebrate successes, we are going to be sharing stories of leaders who are thinking differently and remaining vital in business today. Please stick to the end and we will share how you can be a guest on the show. And thanks so much for being here. Laura Terrell, you are the founder of Laura Terrell Executive Coaching for Lawyers, found on the web at lauraterrell.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Catherine. It's a pleasure to be with you. So, Laura, I can't help but just kind of start off each uh, session and, and just be able to talk about, can you tell me a little bit about Laura Trail Coaching for Attorneys? Sure. I have been a practicing lawyer for over 25 years, and I work now with a lot of attorneys in all different stages of their careers, some who are in private practice, others who are in public service, in federal government agencies and local government and public service opportunities, and some people in-house. I think the thing that most of them have in common is really a desire to make some sort of change in their legal career. Many people think of law as a very narrow path, but in fact, a lot of people are exploring different ways to apply their legal knowledge, pivot their careers, think about ways to Uh, utilize their legal skills, including in a policy way or in a strategic way that is a little bit outside the mainstream. I also have plenty of lawyer clients that are looking to advance within their organizations. Maybe they want to be promoted to partner or they're looking to have an advance within their company or they're looking to have just a greater role or a greater sense of direction over their whole career. So lawyers face many of the same issues that people and professionals do in life, but they come at it with some different perspectives in some ways. And I hope that what I provide is some foundation for understanding that very well as someone who has been there. I think um, what I've seen with your background, you have a lot of just different diverse backgrounds that all ties back into being an attorney. And I think it sounds like what you bring to the table is just this plethora of knowledge of different ways to be able to apply the law degree. And I couldn't help but notice that you served as a special assistant to the president at the White House, then a senior level appointee to the U.S. Department of Justice. Um, Can you just kind of talk about like 
how are these, how are these different ways that you're applying your law degree um, and kind of that path that you took? Do you mind talking about that? Absolutely. I, I think I've been really fortunate to have opportunities to stretch my mental agility as well as my legal skills. I've been a practicing lawyer, a litigator, uh, somebody who's focused on financial services, white-collar criminal defense and enforcement, but has also had opportunities along the way to do things like work in the White House and work in the Department of Justice, where the DOJ is just a wonderful organization. You get to work with some of the best legal minds in the country. There's a lot of management involved. I managed a division that included over 300 attorneys who reported to me. And working with men and women that were just so talented and had such a wealth of knowledge, I could rely on them for a lot of the substantive legal work, but managing, helping get the budgeting, making the right policy decisions, integrating what we were doing into a broader department and a broader governmental perspective was amazing. The White House work was often very focused on uh, high-level issues, including security, homeland security and defense, working with nominees that the president was putting forward, um, trying to address questions that were coming up in the nomination and confirmation process. This is largely for people that get confirmed and nominated and confirmed by the Senate for very high-level positions, including cabinet secretaries and judges. So I also learned a lot about working with people that come from different backgrounds. And I like to think that's something that served me well and something that makes me innately curious in many ways about what motivates the lawyers that I talk to? I was a lawyer who started out in public service. I've also been a lawyer that built a really well-established, very successful book of business at a major global law firm. And I feel that that sense of business management, as well as an interest in people, is something that has added a different dimension to my legal career. And for many of my clients, that's something that motivates or interests them as well. I like what you said about the the curiosity and the people and that whole aspect of business. And I can't help but think about the culture, um, the different cultures that you experienced during these um, different roles and responsibilities that you had along the way. Um, do you mind talking about a little bit how you can kind of propel your career path um, forward um, by understanding the the culture a little bit better? Sounds like that's something that that you offer that's um, that would be fun to hear you talk about. I think workplace culture is something that is challenging for many attorneys. Attorneys have, in some respects, I think, a very defined view of where they fit. They are a legal advisor. They are giving legal advice. But they're also functioning within a broader environment, management, uh, people-to-people interaction. If you're working cross-border, as I did many years, uh, working with different uh, people and companies in countries across the world, trying to bridge cultural gaps, trying to meet people where they are. But I think that's also universal. I think if you are truly open to the culture that you are assigned to work with or the culture that you find yourself working with, I think it's important to ask questions. I think it's important to be open and learn what motivates people. I worked for a number of years in China, for example, which is a very different uh, experience for an American attorney. And I often found that a lot of what I gained was just by listening to how people interacted, watching what they were doing. When they told me something that seemed 
at odds with my view of how legal work should be done or how legal services should be provided. I really tried to understand the motivation behind that. I don't think that that means that the workplace culture that you encounter everywhere is something that you would want to seize and embrace and maybe work in. Maybe it's not the right fit for you. But I think having an appreciation for the different ways that people work, the values that imbue them, the cultural traditions, the uh, uh, prejudices, the uh, openness we bring in different ways um, inform how we interact and, and how we work in the world. And our world is still very global in many respects. I, I know you know that having been in banking and, and seen the business world operating in that respect. I think for many lawyers, there's also an opportunity to really see a broader perspective than just their niche. Very true. And I love how you talk about understanding the why from other people's perspective and understanding what motivates other people. Um, some of the businesses that I've worked with that are excelling and, and are able to just continue to grow with the market are really digging into understanding the why behind what's motivating people. And to have that, you've got to have the trust between between these two people um, to be able to share why do you feel that way? Because you just don't open up and share why you think certain ways to a stranger. So um, do you mind talking a little bit about how you build trust, um, sometimes coming into a new negotiation or a new opportunity. And um, I don't know, maybe you have an experience that you can share. Sure. I can actually illustrate that through some work I did a number of years ago in West Africa. I was working in a law firm. I was approached by one of the partners who asked me to consider doing some work in a new field where I didn't have any background. And one of the first areas that they asked me to do was to look at this um, issue for a company and to get on a plane and go to West Africa almost immediately. I'd never been to that part of the world. I didn't know a lot about what I was going to encounter there. It was a difficult environment in some respects because of security restrictions, because of um, concerns, and even suspicion on the part of some of the employees who were wondering, why is this American lawyer coming in to meet with us? And I often say that I felt that first meeting was greeting me with, why are you here? But I kept going back over a period of many months, over a period of many years even, and meeting with the people that worked with the company, trying to really understand the challenges they were facing. The second visit was more a matter of, oh, you came back. And the third visit, I felt it was, okay, I guess you're here to stay, so let's start working together. But I took the opportunity to do that. I learned a lot from people on the ground. I also spent time with them as we were working in pretty intense circumstances to go to dinner, to spend some time um, in, the, in the local environment. At one point, I was invited to a barbecue one summer that was taking place on a weekend while I was there. And I, I really felt at that point we'd made a breakthrough in terms of having a deeper relationship. I think there was still the question of, what are you doing here? Lawyers are always coming in to tell us what not to do or to find problems. But I'd like to think at the end of the day, we found some common ground to work on. And we ended up finding a very successful path to navigate to resolution of the legal issues. And I'm still quite appreciative for the people that I met who taught me a lot, not just about that region of the world, but just about the ways of working in a very tough, highly regulated environment. That's an incredible example. Thank you for sharing. And I, I can't help but think as you're driving things forward, 
um, and creating that consistency with these clients, um, you're also having to hold others accountable. And I imagine you're having to hold, you know, global clients accountable along the way, and you're holding your own team accountable to help um, drive this this business forward. Do you have an example of of maybe how you're holding others accountable or an example of, you know, it worked or it didn't work and a lesson that you learned from it? Well, one of the things I learned to do when I was working with uh, clients as well as colleagues in different markets and different geographies was to really manage teams very much by finding ways to delegate, ask people to take responsibilities And I think when you do that, holding people accountable is giving them an opportunity to step in and do something. It's not giving them a task and checking in to make sure they've ticked the box and make sure that they've done the work, but really to see it as an opportunity for growth and development and to ask, are we doing this the right way? What challenges did you encounter when you did this? What could we do differently next time? Uh, What feedback do I need to hear from you? And those were things that were always quite important to me. And I like to think that that created a real camaraderie with teams. I think it also gave a lot of openness on the part of junior people in particular to ask questions and not to feel that they were just to do the job, keep quiet, hope they got a great evaluation and move on. But I think feedback uh, both ways is really important. And I think holding people accountable is easier when they feel like it's a two-way street, you are accountable to them as well to give them the chance to succeed and the opportunity to grow in their career. It's a way to invest in the people around you as well, to be able to kind of keep keep them growing and motivated. And so you're, you're investing in them through accountability, through um, growth and, and development that you offer through the delegation of it. And um you know, what are some ways, because we have to fuel ourselves before we can fuel other people. Um, what are some ways that you invest in yourself to keep you refueled, to continue to to keep, you know, paying it forward for those around you? I have always been very curious when something new comes my way. I can't say that I have always embraced everything that's come along with, um, gosh, that sounds easy. There are many things that I've found daunting, but if I found them intriguing and they present the possibility for me to stretch myself, to do something different. I didn't want to have a stagnant career. I didn't want to have a career where I did the same thing. I wanted to work in new areas. So when a partner came to me, for example, and said, what would you think about working in this particular area of the law? And I had no background in it. I said, honestly, that sounds kind of interesting, but I don't know anything about that. The response was, well, we'll support you. We'll get you up and we'll get you running. And I think one of the things that I've invested in me is to find times like that where someone is offering me something that if I buy into it and if I invest in it and I have support from a mentor, from a boss, from a supervisor, from a colleague, from a coach, from someone who's just a cheerleader, I think everybody benefits from that. I think when you start to feel more alone, I think that's often when I have felt that I am less motivated or I am less enthusiastic. And that investment continues now to keeping in touch with the people that have been part of my network, people that have shared and supported with me over the years. And that investment is really a people investment for me. 
Definitely. Tell me, you know, you've had a few leaps along the way. You've had this amazing uh, background and then you, you leaped out and, and you created your own um, executive coaching with focus on attorneys and helping them find their next uh, big, big thing. Um, what are you doing before you take that next big leap? Because you've, you've taken a few leaps. Um, what are you doing to kind of prepare for that? Well, when I made the determination to shift from full-time legal practice to go into coaching, one of the things I did was really sit down and think about different paths that were open to me. And I experimented some, and I explored some of those areas. I didn't just become a coach by turning on a switch. I had people that I had coached and worked with informally for years, but I also got training. I uh, became certified with the International Coaching Federation. I developed tools and techniques that I wanted to test, and I had uh, friends and colleagues that were willing for me to work with them. So I was growing. I was learning as well. I've also had, I think, a lot of support, including from my spouse, who said, you know, if this is something you want to do, you should go all in. Uh, Don't feel that you need to do this part-time on the side, or don't feel that you need to um, start small. If you want to do this, jump in with both feet. And I think having that kind of support and that kind of investment from somebody else as well is really important. Maybe not a financial investment, but an emotional investment. And I think if you talk to a lot of small business owners, if you talk to a lot of solopreneurs, but also if you talk to a lot of lawyers that have taken big leaps in their careers, they need support from their team. They need support from their partner, their spouse, their family to be able to do the work. If you don't have that, it's a very lonely existence. And I think you also feel that you are always sort of looking over your shoulder. Am I doing the right thing? But if you have people that are supporting you and cheerleading you on, that's an enormous help. And for me, that was really pivotal to moving into coaching was I felt I wanted to do it, but I also wanted to feel that I had people that thought that I could do this. And I asked, you know, would you hire me as a coach? Would would you refer friends to me? And I was testing the waters and and people that responded in the market to me helped me see that path. I'm glad you brought that up. I had another guest that talked about their spouse pushing them just to go for it and life short. And if if you think that this is what you want to go after, then do it. And you know, sometimes we get so busy talking about the day-to-day business, but half of our life is is back at the house and we need to be able to have that support there because otherwise we're not going to be able to take care of ourselves and, and refuel to go back out and fight another day. So I think that's great advice to be able to also realize that we need the support at home. We need the network that that supports us along the way, especially whenever making um, big changes in in life or in, in the career. And that's how we can show up and be even a better person, better version of who we are as we, we um, dabble with curiosity as uh, what you said earlier and experiment and um, develop the tools and techniques that you know are, are going to be effective in in the new transition. So you have um, uh, some information on your website. I would love for you to share that with others. Um, I think you're working or you're, um, you've got a, a download. Is that right? That, that you have out there? I do. If people want to find out more about me, you can go to my website, which is lauraterrell.com. L-A-U-R-A-T-E-R-R-E-L-L.com. And I also have a download on Bitly. Uh, You can find it also on my website, Nine Questions That Lead to Breakthroughs for Lawyers. I find sometimes lawyers say to me, I'm not even sure where I start or what's the first question I ask. I just know I need to make a change. 
And some of these questions are helpful in thinking through maybe some ideas or some issues that can motivate you. And you can find that download on my website as well. Laura, I think it's great. You're leading with your own curiosity and and bringing other um, attorneys with you. Um, a lot of times we are curious and we're just not sure where to start. So it sounds like the download is, is a great way for people um, to kind of consider, even if it's not tomorrow that you want to create a change, but you know it's in the future that you want to keep growing and learning. Um, it sounds like a great way just to be able to start. And I think reflection offers a lot of of gold into our own lives and, and what we're going to be doing next. So um, that time to be able to reflect and think and process is really important. So this sounds very helpful. Um, anything else that that you'd like to share with us before we wrap up? No, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. I enjoy the podcast so much. So it's been, been great to be a guest with you today. Laura, I love having you here. I love your background. I, I'm excited just to be able to, to speak with you. And uh, Laura Terrell, you are the founder of Laura Terrell Executive Coaching for Lawyers found on the web at lauraterrell.com. Thank you so much for joining us. My team and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to the Business Vitality Podcast. We really appreciate you being here. If you know of another leader, another CEO, a founder who has another success story that they are willing to share and be able to pay it forward, we would love to highlight their stories on this podcast. You can find more information at katherinecanty.com. And in the meantime, if you could take a minute and rate this show, that would be super helpful because that's going to allow more people like you to find us in order to continue to pay it forward. Again, if you need to learn any additional information, we are happy to help. You can find us more at katherinecanty.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn with my name, Katherine Canty. Thanks so much for being here. Mm-hmm.